So I'm so glad you're here this morning, and I think by the end of the day, you're going to really be glad you were here uh, this morning as well. Uh, I'm so excited this morning to have um, Pastor Tony Matarana come and uh, bring the message that the Lord has placed on his heart. I know Pastor Tony. Um, he was the original PT. He was my youth pastor back in 1981. When we came to Christ as a family, we were broken. My dad was, uh, um, was an alcoholic who came to faith in Christ, and um, our dysfunctional family was like Humpty Dumpty that, that God began to put together again over some time, and, and, uh, and God placed us in the church where Pastor Tony was the youth pastor there, and he helped me to um, just learn how to walk with Jesus. He came alongside my parents and, and helped them to navigate this, this new Christian experience into our lives. And, and God used him to help put Humpty Dumpty back together again, literally. And, and so his influence goes deep into my heart. And, and uh, I am just so excited to have him here with us. And his son is Mark is with us as well. And it's just such a, a joy to be together. And um, so let's give a warm welcome to Pastor Tony Matarana. To be here this morning, I feel like a proud papa to see uh, my, my dear brother Anthony, and uh, I miss your pop around here. Ralph was just a blessing to me, all, always. His, his memory is deep within my heart. And uh, this morning, I, I, I come with a message, I believe, that has already been spoken to the Spirit with uh, the worship. It, it just like set up the, the incredible uh, anointing which I feel in the room this morning. And it's easy to step into that anointing and preach. So thank you, Tom, and the worship team. You did a wonderful, wonderful job. Um, yes. I mean, you're really, Integrity Church is all about integrity. I mean, you've got it here. I mean, this is a heck of a good place. And uh, I'm so blessed to be here. Uh, the, the message that I, I bring is hope. I'm, I'm bringing hope today. Hope has come. And it's come for you. And uh, say, hope has come. Yeah, it's come for you. It's come for you. And the Father's arms are wide open. He wants to love on you. Jesus is calling. He wants to embrace you with his love and bring healing to your heart. And uh, this morning, uh, the message that I have is about forgiveness, from, but it comes from a place that maybe you, you haven't heard it preached about because literally at 40 years of ministry, and I'm here with my son Mark, who's, who's kind of carrying my bag, so he's, I'm just so blessed to have him here with me. It's a, he's a busy guy, and he's, he's come with his pop. My wife of 47 years is with my youngest daughter, who's having a baby, and so it's, it's all good. Um, but I, I come bringing this message from the heart of the Father, and it's about forgiveness. It's about bringing forgiveness in a world that desperately needs to know about forgiveness. And I'm bringing it from the angle and from the, from the biblical perspective of Cain and I'm calling it the healing healing the wound of Cain you're pretty familiar I'm sure with the story of Cain 
Cain was uh, Adam's son, Adam and Eve. How about that for parents? They were uh, kind of uh, didn't, didn't do the right thing. And Cain, Cain was kind of screwed up. And uh, unfortunately, he, he never knew about forgiveness, Cain. He, he, he didn't hear it from his father or mother. They, they, didn't, they didn't know about forgiveness. And there's so many Cains today in the world that never learned about forgiveness from a father or a mother. It wasn't until um, uh, Abel's, uh, uh, Eve's uh, son, uh, in, um, a- Abel uh, died that she had Seth. And Seth lived to about 900 years. They all were living like 900 years. And it was crazy back then. But uh, it wasn't until uh, Seth had Enosh that in that season of from the beginning that Enosh was started calling out to God. I mean, before that, I mean, uh, the recognition of the father or the respect of the father and the father's word, it wasn't exactly uh, the thing to do. And, it was, and God was so upset with mankind back then that he wiped it out. And it wasn't just, it was just Noah and his kids uh, on the uh, ark. And it wasn't until the ark settled uh, and the flood stopped that, that he built an altar and, he, uh, and the Lord said, uh, take the animals and put them on the altar and, and light them up. And the aroma was pleasing to the Lord. That sacrifice was pleasing to the Lord. But the Lord said uh, from the beginning, The intent of man's heart is is evil from its youth. Repentance and forgiveness wasn't exactly in the fabric of of the folks back then. So I I bring you the, the, the story of Cain because I see it today in our cities, in our nation. Violence is in the streets. Bloodshed is in the streets. Young men tragically murdered women. And I look and I say, Lord, what are you, what are you saying? Where, does it be, where did it begin, these actions? Why is this happening? And I've been invited to speak in nonviolent conferences to, to bring understanding to people of why the violence? Why are brothers killing brothers? And the word of the Lord gives us some insight into this through Cain. Healing the wound of Cain. In in, uh, Genesis chapter 4, verses 3 to 7, it speaks this. If you have your Bible, you can follow me. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel's gift, but did not accept Cain or his gift. Cain was angry and dejected over his gift not being chosen. The Lord said to Cain, why are you so angry? Why are you so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. 
But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door. It's eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. It was a very vulnerable place for Cain. And at that vulnerable place, the enemy takes advantage of people. It's, their, it's an exposed place in people. I've written a book called The Exposed Place. It's available. Uh, you could pick it up. And it's about discovering your vulnerability, getting your vulnerability healed and learning how to protect it because though it's, it, it, you find it and you get healed, the enemy will still come after it. If you don't know how to protect your vulnerability, you'll be in trouble. Cain, excuse me. For the Italians, they know what I mean. It's like my back. Uh, <laughs> the enemy was at the vulnerable place, and Cain was, was taken over by that place. You know, when, when the Lord was in the wilderness and he fasted for 40 days, he was hungry. What do you think the enemy hit him with? He said, turn the stone. If you can turn the stone into bread. And why would he say the stone into bread? Because he knew... He's hungry. The guy's hungry. He knew his vulnerability. He knew his exposed place. But not so, our Lord. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of my father. He, he knew how to defend with the word his vulnerability. But not so with Cain. The Lord's selection of Abel's gift sends Cain spiraling in anger. Why is your countenance down? The Lord asks them. Cain was given a choice. If you choose God, if you choose good, it will be well with you, if. But sin is crouching at the door. He fails to master it, and his anger gets the best of him. You know, with each offense that we have, the Lord gives us a way out. He gives us a choice. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 19, one of my favorite verses, he, he says, I place before you life and death. Now choose life that you might live, you and your descendants, by loving the Lord, by obeying his voice, and by holding fast to him. You see, at, at that vulnerability place, at that place that's exposed, when, when you're tested, you need to choose life. You need to choose good. You need to be able to accept the will of the Lord when you don't get what you think you deserve. Can you forgive? Can you accept and understand? Can you submit to God's will? Cain makes the wrong choice. One day, it says in verse 8 to 10 of chapter 4 of Genesis, one day Cain suggested to his brother, let's go out into the fields. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother, Abel, and killed him. Afterward, the Lord asked Cain, where's your brother? Where's Abel? Cain says, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? 
But the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the street. Blood crying out from the ground. In this day and age in our nation's cities, blood is crying out from the streets. Brothers killing brothers. The blood is once again disturbing our Heavenly Father. We must stop the violence. We must heal the wound of Cain. Cain is cursed. His punishment is too great, he says for me. My punishment is too great. They'll kill me now, Cain says to the Lord. The Lord responds, no one's going to kill you. And I paraphrase, I got your back. I mean, even then, the Lord, I've got your back. Nobody's going to hurt you. But unrepented life, he lives under a curse. Cain took the offense over the Lord's decision, and Cain stumbled over an authoritative decision that was contrary to what he wanted. Have you ever had a decision that you felt, hey, this is not the way it should be. I don't deserve this. This is not... And you, you've, you've stumbled even over God himself. So what is God doing? I mean, Cain was like stumbled. John the Baptist, if you can remember that story, John actually received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the womb when Jesus was in the womb of his mother Mary, walked into a room, John, in the womb of Elizabeth, leapt for joy, it says. Was baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus says in the word, there was nobody greater than John. John was the greatest human being that ever walked the face of the earth. He's my cousin. John's put in jail because of the problem with Herod's wife. He's in jail, and, and John says to his disciples, do me a favor. Go find out if he's the one. John, are you, John, what are you talking about? You baptized the guy in the pool at Jericho. You, 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 you saw the dove fly down and, and top of him and, and heard the father cry out, this is my beloved son. What are you talking about that you want to find out if he's the one? But when your back is against the wall, when your head is about to come off, you want to make sure God is God. Is he the one? Because I don't want to play games anymore here. I need you to be God. The, 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 the scripture speaks that Jesus responds to the disciples of John and says, go back and tell them, I'm healing the sick. I'm raising the dead, the blind are here, the lame are walking. He tells them, you go back and tell them. And beside that, Jesus says this, blessed are those that don't stumble over me. You see, John could stumble over, I mean, you could stumble over God. What do you mean he's not gonna, what do you mean he's not coming back for me? I got a problem with that. But you need to be able to, to accept the will of God. 
and, and, and not fight the will of God. Cain stumbled over the will of God. He assumed that if I spill the blood of my brother Abel, I'm going to feel better. That blood doesn't make you feel better. The only blood that makes you feel better is the blood of the Lamb, the blood of Jesus Christ. And, and it, it's the counterfeit devils who want to make the blood on the streets spill from brother killing brother. He assumed his brother's blood would make him feel better. He stumbled over the Lord's will. Have you ever stumbled over the Lord's will? Never let a stumble be the end of your journey. The counterfeit answer from the devil, his repentance could have, he could have repented if he only knew what to do. He, he'd had no clue. It could have been a simple, yes, Lord. Thy will be done. Obedience to God's will. In this hour, the canes of the street can't find forgiveness because they don't know about the blood of the Lamb. They haven't been taught by their fathers and mothers. Most of them, have, have their fathers are, are not there or the, or the authoritative figure. So many wounds, so many carry wounds from authoritative failure. Fathers, mothers, family members, judges, teachers, pastors, policemen. Someone has caused you to stumble. Even God Almighty. You didn't get what you wanted. You got, you got something that was tough to receive. And you could blame God for something that was not to your liking, such as with Cain. Let me ask you, who wounded you? How long have you been bleeding? Cain was hurt. He was wounded. I can understand this pain. But not his response. I lost my son at 15 years of age in a car crash. His mother and I were right behind them. I wrestled with God. I could have stumbled, I could have sniffed, snorted, popped, shooted. I knew exactly how to deal with my pain. But I embraced the cross. I wouldn't let go of the cross. I said to the Lord, if you can't carry me through this, you're worthless. And he did. He brought my family through it. My kids, Mark was eight years old. My Melody was six. My daughter Jo was 13. They're all first row in the church serving the Lord with their children. Because we, we, wouldn't, we stumbled, but we, it wasn't the end of the journey. It, it was a challenge. So many carry the, the, this incredible pain they, they, they mark the kids rebellious. The, the ones who carry the pain, 
the little one who's in the closet in his house when his mother and father are abusing one another, screaming and yelling, and he's crying in the closet, and, and, and he has to go to school on Monday from this visitation weekend, and he goes to school, and the, and the teacher says, Johnny, where's your homework? And he says, I didn't do my homework. Johnny, you had to do your homework. I didn't feel like doing my homework. Well, you little rebel, you go to detention. You go to the principal's office, and he's marked. And that little boy says, I'm finished with you. You insensitive, heartless people who don't know I'm ripped inside. My heart's aching inside, and you want mathematics and English? And that little boy becomes Cain. He's called illegitimate. He's called a hoodlum. He's called an illegitimate bastard. He's called ADD. And it's a rarity that anyone in today's society sees Cain's pain. You can't get through the, their, their attitude. You can't get through you know, uh, this guy's tough. They, they don't want to probe like a pediatric specialist would probe a wounded child. They, ha they have no sensitivity, no compassion for the wounded. They, they think that they just bounce back. And meanwhile, these kids stuff it under the bed. That little boy stuffs his wound until it explodes on the street. And he doesn't even know what's going on. He has no clue. He's never seen it. He's never heard it. It's a rarity that anyone sees his pain, that anyone understands that they've been wounded by an authoritative individual. Are you wounded? When did the wound occur? Who wounded you? I mean, do you realize your anger inside is unresolved grief? That you have a piss poor attitude, excuse the expression, because inside of you you're struggling with a broken heart? Nobody knows about it, only you put your head on the pillow and weep at night. You don't, you don't even accept yourself. You don't even know what the heck's wrong with me. You feel rejected. The, the Jesus that we serve, the, the Father whose arms are open wide, understands rejection. It says that the stone that the builder rejected, he became the chief cornerstone. Our Jesus was rejected, not even respected in his own town. He knows rejection, but he overcame rejection by knowing his beloved father. The world could have turned on him, and it was okay, because I know who loves me. The abandonment that they face, abandoned from left alone. I'm, I'm living this life on my own. Nobody really cares. 
He cares. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Can you buy into that and believe that? Or is it high in the sky? There's one that sticks closer than any brother, the Word of God says. It's Jesus Christ. It's by the Holy Spirit of God. It's the acceptance of the Holy Spirit of God to, to come inside of you and, 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 and pull you inside out, make you new. But you've got to be willing to let go. You've got to be willing to accept the will of God more than your will, his will, her will, their will, God's will. And his will is to give you hope and a future. Even if you're abused, how terrible. How terrible. But the word of God in Isaiah 53, verse 5 says, He was pierced, Jesus, for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was whipped so you could be healed. He was beaten so you could be made whole. He took the abuse so all the abuse that you faced can be wrapped up in healing. That you can forgive it speaks in the word in Colossians 1.14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. He's on the cross and he says, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they do. He says words. Excuse me. You know words can be cheap. I forgive him, but as far as I'm concerned, he's dead. Big deal. That's a lot of forgiveness you got. You see, forgiveness needs something behind it of heart. Jesus visits Hades, hell, after on the cross. He goes to hell. He takes from our enemy the keys of life and death. And he says, whoever asks of me, I'll give them eternal life. Are you, are you talking about the guy who just stabbed you? Yeah, the guy who just pierced you? That, that guy? He knew what he was doing, that guy. He, he looked at your side. He, he did that. He went right through you. Yeah, but he didn't know what he was doing. He didn't know I was the son of God until not too long after when he says, surely he was the son of God. God would give him a gift. Now, I'm not talking about you being stupid to where you put your neck on the line to the place where you get whooped over and over again by the same people. But when you see a change of heart, you need to have a, the heart of compassion that reaches out. This is a process of forgiveness. Words, actions, and then the last thing he does is he goes to the right hand of the Father to make intercession, to pray for us, to pray for the sinners. 
So every time the enemy reminds you of the person who hurt you, the cop, the judge, the mother, the father, the sister, the brother, the boss, the teacher, you pray for them. Whoa, you want to talk about maturity? That's maturity in forgiveness because the enemy is probing that. He's bringing it up to you. He's saying, don't you remember what she did? And you go, thank you, Jesus. I, I ask you to touch her wherever she is. The enemy goes, what the heck? He probably doesn't say heck. <laughs> but he, he's like flipping out because you're praying for that one. That's how he knows. Get the hook is out. The forgiveness is complete. When the Lord came back from his resurrection, he walked through a wall to his disciples. And he showed them he, was, he had come back and that his, his wounds. But Thomas, Thomas didn't want any part of that. He, I don't, he didn't believe that. He was the doubter. He said, it isn't until I touch those wounds that I'll know. So Thomas comes and Jesus says to Thomas, touch my wound. And Thomas touches the wound. Jesus says, go, ah, oh, holy God, don't, ah, it hurts. The wound had no more pain. The wound healed Thomas's pain. Your wound can bring healing to someone if you get it touched by God the power of that I mean you could look at the life of Joseph and his technicolor coat his brothers wanted to kill him they threw him in the pit and they were going to kill him but Reuben said no no don't kill him he went from the pit to the prison to the palace. When it came time, he saw his brothers eventually. He says, what the enemy meant for evil, God used it for good. God touched it. That's a different way of healing than what Cain experienced. When you can get beyond your wound to the place where you can allow people to touch it, without flipping out. I'm not talking about that. We don't talk about it in this house. It's that, you know, she's, a, she's this, she's that, she'll never be any good. You, you, man, you could come out with all kinds of stuff. When that is healed, you are mature in forgiveness. My daughter Joy, who is a nurse practitioner now, but she 20 years worked in, as a nurse, and she uh, says the worst place that I ever, worst thing I ever experienced in my life was going into the ICU, the pediatric ICU, and kissing my brother James goodbye when James died 36 hours after he was hit in the car crash. When she became a nurse, she said, I want to work in the ICU, pediatric ICU. I said, why do you want to do that, Dad? She said, Dad, I want to bring 
the healing that I know God can give to people who come into the ICU with the same situation that our family. You mean you want somebody to touch your wound, Joy? Yeah, I want them to touch my wound and be healed. Why waste your wound just on you? Poor you. It's all about me. When God says, I'll use that for my glory. I wish you'd never had to experience it. But we've all experienced something. We, we all could tell a story. What you do with it. If you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven. If you retain them, the sins of any, they're retained. What the heck do you want to retain them for? They just make you bitter, not better. Today, I want you to consider today is your day that God brings you hope. He brings you healing. That's why I've come. I believe this message is for now. That there's so many who carry the wounds that God wants to heal. You, you could be a young man. And how you've carried them as, you know, for 10 years. No further need they go into your future. No further today. God wants to touch you. Would you allow that to happen? Would you allow God to give you what he wants? His arms are wide open. Please stand to your feet. I'm, I'm going to ask the worship team to come, and, but more importantly, that you would come to the altar. If that's you, I, hey, I don't need to twist your arm. The Holy Spirit's been twisting your arm while I've been preaching. He's been saying, this is you, it's time. The Father wants to touch you. Let's not bring it a day more into the future. Enough's enough. If I'm talking to you and the Spirit of God is moving, you come to the altar. I just want to lay my hands on you and pray for you this morning. You come. I don't believe in magic. I believe in the power of a Holy Spirit who moves through uh, the, the windows and the doors of our life uh, without hindrance like Jesus did walking through the walls to his disciples. I pray that same spirit now move to where you are and that you'd know that he loves you and that the, the wounds that have taken you down are meant to lift you up, to become above the woundedness to the place where your wound becomes a strength you know the broken bone heals, becomes strong. Where you've been broken, God will touch you and heal you. In your heart, you who are a sensitive one, you who have, uh, are gentle and compassionate. Sometimes compassionate people need counseling because they're just so compassionate. And your heart's been broken. 
Today the Lord will touch you and heal you. Compassion is not a weakness. It's a strength. Sensitivity is not weakness. It's a strength. Jesus was sensitive and gentle in heart. So where you have been touched and wounded, where you have been bleeding for too long, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, be healed right where you are. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.